Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Seepin, and I am pastor of the Village Church. And across from me is Andy Littleton, pastor of Mission Church. Both of us reside in Tucson, not far from one another. That's right. And uh, we've been doing this podcast for a very long time. We what, 25 years. Okay, so here's the exciting news that we didn't celebrate. Last episode was our 200th 200. episode. Yeah. You and I have been talking to each other 200 times wow. on the mic. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of times. A little scary because it catalogs our random and unprepared conversations. 200 of them. 200 random and unprepared <laughs> conversations. Mm. And you could probably trace our changing mind, how we've changed our mind on things and how we've... And how foolish we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all recorded for yeah. history yep. until it's not. Until it's not. Well, thanks for tuning in today, Eric. Uh, wanted to talk about a little article I put out there, um, imagining Jesus being born here in Tucson. So we we do that. There are thoughts that go beyond that, as always. So I I hope you enjoy. I enjoyed. Uh, I Eric, enjoyed it. You digging into it with me. So thanks. You're welcome. Join the Christmas life. I don't know. What's Oh, it's What's just, that, Eric? just my new phrase. That's your new phrase. Yeah. Enjoying the Christmas life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess. Yeah. 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 Enjoying the Christmas life, Eric. How about you? <laughs> I am. I am enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Your fallow month at yeah. the village. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I heard from, who did I hear? Or was that at your, uh, at Rod's retirement service that fallow month is a uh, really fallow for for a lot of people but not so much you you're planning it's just different right yeah well yeah it's fallow in that the seeds are germinating under the soil of your soul well as one person put it you know fallow fields do sprout food you just don't do a lot you don't work with them so you can pull them up and eat them and use them so so that's how you get away with eating a lot during the holidays. Yeah, eating a yeah. lot, yeah. That's how we do it. That's how you justify <laughs> your gluttony. I, I think, you know, to follow for me, it's just, I don't, I don't ever, I don't think about, oh, we got to do this Christmas thing. We yeah. Do this Christmas thing. What are we going to, how's the orchestra going to do its stuff? What, what, I've seen tons and tons oh, of yeah. uh, Instagram that. pictures of people being Joseph and Mary and the sure. big productions that yeah. they're doing. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. I, yeah. I'm thrilled on not to be doing anything. I sat by the fire and read a book. Yeah. Last night. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that, that at Mission, we can't steal Fallow Month from you guys, but we could get close. We could do Wallow Month. Wallow? Yeah. Where we just wallow in our, <laughs> why, our problems. Why, and why can't you steal complain. Fallow Month? Because people just say, oh, you're just doing what the village does? Hey, maybe. Oh, I see. Yeah. Only yeah. one one church in the kingdom of God can do Fallow Month. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody can do the Mary and Joseph play, right. but only one, one is allowed to do Fallow Month. That's Interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fallow month has been copyrighted by the village church. All whatever. Yeah. Okay. All whatever's have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, wallow month. Yeah, we'll just, uh, just like a pig in its uh, 
in its sty. We'll we'll just be wallowing. Wallowing. Yeah. Wallow month. <laughs> well, if you want to be sad and depressed, go to mission. Yeah. Christmas. They'll be wallow. wallowing. Each sermon will help there you might, wallow better. There might be a real market for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's people who are looking for a place to wallow. So uh, yeah, maybe you could have marshmallows during. The- Ooh, that's like flipping it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. The mallow. Yeah. Mallow month. I like I like that. Malts, except for my malts and marshmallows. Except for marshmallows my marshmallows and malts and my whole diet thing will get real jacked up by mallow month. Mallow month. Well hey, you gotta <laughs> just thicken up for the next year. Yeah, there you go. Give myself another project. Okay. There you go. That yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, pure puffy sugar. Pure puffy sugar. Mm. <laughs> that could be your that could be the tagline to your <laughs> wallow way, month. With, pure puffy sugar. Mm. Just like that, yeah. <laughs> well, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Marshmallows. By Jet Puffed. Jet Puffed. Well, it's good to see you, Andy, and I yeah. guess we're, this is our last podcast for the year. Oh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. So, it's, uh, that means I get to go fallow for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no see. matter what I call it. That's right. Tuesday mornings just got a lot. Easier. Slower. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to uh, rush. I've got over. a smile on my face just thinking about it. I can it, see it. I can <laughs> see it now. You so. don't have to you don't have to be kind to your old man the old man. <sighs> no, no, yeah, no more no more assumption that I have to be kind on a Tuesday morning early. That's right. You can wallow. Wallow and wallow month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote an article. Uh, it, it's, I think it's the most recent one in medium uh in my little dot org my little, little thing yeah my little and it's stream. uh mm-hmm. christmas in tucson yeah yeah it's an interesting article or what if jesus were born in tucson yeah. I, actually i think i called it christmas in tucson you did originally wow that's what it, the title was i think when i read it again oh, yesterday <laughs> i could have an old link or something who knows um, yeah, I, uh, so actually I, I wrote, that was a sermon excerpt from last year and, um, so let's give a short outline. Yeah. Real fast. Well, so our, one. so it was, it was part of a sermon's midway through the sermons linked in there. If you want to hear it in context, there'll be a link in the notes. Okay, cool. And, uh, Cassie, our friend at church, really thought I should write it out. And make it, she said, this was last year. She said, I think she just was saying, could I have it written out? But also that that would be an interesting thought to capture. Right. Um, So I did, it was an interesting thing to listen to a portion of my sermon and try to write it out. Have you ever done that in the Mm -hmm. reverse? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hadn't. So that was an interesting thing to do. I did it last year and just sent it over to her. And then this year I thought, well, what am I? What am I going to do with that? I'm trying to share a little more stuff on Medium and, you know, practice writing. So thought I'd put it out there, clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Take a couple photos, put it out there. So it was fun. So can you give a little outline of the Oh, right. Uh, That's what you asked article. for. Yeah. Now well, we got the background first. <clears throat> now we, you know, we need the yeah. outline. Well, the I was trying to think of a parallel to the the shepherd in in the scriptures, not exact parallel, but maybe how people would have felt about them. And the, and so I 
sort of told the story of the shepherds and the heavenly hosts, but using uh, fast food and grocery store workers at a bus stop here in Tucson. Um, and I drew that from my own story because I did work in fast food, but I, I Taco was... Taco Bell, in fact. Taco Bell. I worked at McDonald's, McDonald's too. Okay. But I was... I very much, you know, there's a very different experience one has. This is a slight tangent, but I read a book by a guy, a Christian guy, who decided he wanted to know what it was like to be homeless. So he lived homeless for, I want to say it was like a year, and he wrote this book about it. And I read it when I was younger, but something that stuck out to me that maybe was intuitive as having grown up where I did and how I did, I don't know. But I thought he he claims he's experienced homelessness, and there there's something true about that. He did experience the discomforts and the cold and the sideways looks. But what he did not experience was the fact that he would be stuck there, maybe, or didn't yeah, have a way out. The no way out. He yeah. knew he could end it whenever he wants. And that changes everything. That knowledge changes everything. And so when I was working in fast food, even though I was a kid who grew up in the trailer parks and stuff, something I had something instilled in me through my parents that I, I knew I was choosing to work there because it was the starting rung on a ladder. And I did not assume that's where I would stay. And so I, worked with older folks in their 30s 40s who had been in fast food a while or this was or they were they had kind of careened downward into it and I remember one of them giving me advice one day about my life and I looked at them probably 17 16 I was 16 so very mature very kind I looked at her and I said, like, I'm going to take advice from you, right? Which is something I'm ashamed of saying. And, but when I thought of the shepherd, you know, I thought there's, there, we all have people, we, we go, I would not take advice from you. And it, it's not always just poor people we would say that to. It could be the, the wealthy guy we think is just stupid, um, and we'd go, I, I will not, I would not be listening to you. And I kind of drew that in as the, maybe, maybe one of the most important things about being a shepherd type person is it's the one you go, I wouldn't be listening to them. They're not, what they bring is not valuable. They don't, they don't know what they're talking about. They're, they're in that class. And so so I was thinking, who is that for today? And there's a lot of groups, but for me, I thought of that story of myself at Taco Bell. So, yeah, so it kind of worked out. A, yeah, there's an interesting uh, little piece of a narrative that you build out about, you know, the fast food workers coming and in their shift and maybe the, the stalkers headed to their shift. They're over at mm-hmm. the bus stop and they're eating the potato wedges the that potato were left wedges. over. Yeah. And, sharing the cigarette that they can't afford and yeah in comes the angels and at the bus stop basically and declare that Jesus is wrapped in a fitted sheet down at the Spanish trail mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was a pretty funny 
the, the fitted sheet part. Yeah. <laughs> what are the swaddling clothes now? You know, or or sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I, I, and laying in a bathtub. Laying yeah. in a bathtub. Yep. So yeah, that was. Uh, so I thought I'd put it out there. So there. Now that we've, I've given you back background you didn't even want. Just People kidding. want it. They Just really kidding. want it. Just kidding. Background you didn't quite ask for yet. I should say, and uh, and we've told a bit of it. Yeah, Eric. Yes, sir. What? What? Why do? Why do you want to talk about it? Well, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I think it's always uh, cool when you can take something that happened a very long time ago and put some ways to to maybe reimagine it or to to feel and experience it and kind of ponder mm-hmm. that reality. What what do you what do you think about doing that? Um, I, I ask this because of a couple things. Uh, John Del Huse is who, who's a former Greek professor in Phoenix, and now he's doing spiritual formation stuff. He was down here with Serge, and he was talking to us about how he had learned to read the Bible by a, trying to learn to inhabit the text. Yeah, you know, many people weren't too interested in reading that way he's working on a commentary that reads the the gospels that way sure and then i just finished a burning in my bones yesterday which is uh the biography of eugene peterson who yeah was i read that a few years ago it just came out eric no no didn't no mm. my dad gave it to me for my birthday yeah maybe you're right maybe the paperback just came out anyway the um I'm pretty sure. I still have my doubts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read it. Just uh, unless no, he just might. came out with another one. Oh, uh, autobiography or biography? Biography. Oh no, I read his autobiography. So, it, well, maybe you did. I don't know. I, I actually can't recall. I thought it was newer, but but sometimes I think things are newer that I heard of three. You're years trying ago. to call me a liar online and on the air is what you're trying to do. And I you're, and you're trying know. to resist it, and that's okay. That's I understand. Right. I understand. The, the my point in bringing that up was to say you know, the message and trying to infuse modern English idiom into it, you know, and he was criticized for that. So how valuable do you see kind of recasting things in our, to our modern mind? That's what I was doing there, right? Yeah. Well, I I think I don't have a problem with that. In fact, we talk about Imagination is one of the key parts of discipleship. If you yeah. can't, you can't embody yeah. the moments with Jesus, and it's very difficult for you to uh, hear his words. It right. just becomes a, a text. I mean, part of the fact that of a living document, it's a different kind of document. It's a document that's still active and moving. Mm-hmm. And the conversation between Jesus and the woman at the well, or Jesus and the woman caught in adultery, or the moment when. Peter proclaims mm-hmm. Jesus to be Christ. Those those aren't just factual things. They're moments that you're invited to stand yeah. in them yourself and be the one who declares it or experience Peter doing that or hear the words of, you know, I don't condemn you, go and sin no more. Like all that stuff being, you know, allowing yourself to be in those spaces and allowing your imagination to see what that might have been like in a modern space. And yeah, and f- I mean, is it, is it true? I've I've heard this said that that may have been more of the intent of the of the writers of 
of some of these ancient stories wasn't just to transmit facts as our history book would, but to tell a story, a true story, that also invited you to wonder what it would be like to be David facing Goliath or what it, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? I think 2021 on that Eugene Peterson book. There you go. Uh Uh-huh. So not three years ago, but yes. didn't just come out. Yeah, no, it didn't. I, I think F- fact check the fact checker has uh, has, has confirmed in, has confirmed that I read his biography, not his autobiography, which or I, or flipped you re- right autobiography. Yeah. Yes, I read his autobiography. Okay, which I think may, I need. To, I was trying to find the title. I don't know if it was a long obedience in the same direction or something like that. But that's yeah. one of his books. That one's a little older, but yeah, it's, it's no. This one is like he's writing about. Uh, his retirement, mm. talking about his church, talking about yeah his experiences of God. Okay, yeah. Um, so anyway, so got a little Eugene Peterson. I got a little off track. You got a little. Yes. You're saying do the writers did the writers intend this? Well, yeah. Is there some degree to which they did? Do you think? Well, I don't know. I've heard that. I don't know if their intention was for me to do those things because I don't know <laughs> if they were actually thinking that far ahead. But I do think just in the way that they experienced narratives. Um, it's a little different because we live in a modern age, and so a linear storyline is yeah. important to us. Right, and it's not so important to them. That's maybe that's what I'm saying. Like when they the role they thought stories would play in the reader's right. mind were it was a little different. Yeah, yeah. Not that they would have imagined us zooming around and you know internal combustion engine. Um, you know, right. vehicles uh, flying all over our cities, listening to audio versions of their books. They they probably couldn't have put all that together and gone. You know, I hope that they watch the chosen and imagine. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I do think part of what's interesting about the church and the scripture and the writers is that because there was such an anticipation of Christ's return. And I think there's a reason the father did not tell the son, like, we don't know the exact time. It's because we, there's an urgency for the church. We should always be in this place where we're thinking he's coming back. And so part of even just the text is is imagining, well, what's that like in this moment? And how does yeah. that text speak to that? And how am I, how is it part of who we are and what we're doing? And how is it telling our story? And how are we part of that story? And that's a, that's a super th- that we should file that away for a future podcast of uh, the the idea of the imminence of the return of Christ and and how we should how we should feel about that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I be... think about it from time to time, or or wondering how valuable it is to be thinking it could be soon versus because there's anxieties that that can bring in folks yeah. to. Anyway, yeah. I'd be that'd be really interesting. So so. Yeah, I I think for me, even putting that out there, I've I've that's a bit of how my mind works. I do think more in stories. I am, I'm an imaginative person. Um, I get very excited and caught up in the in in imaginations of things or things that could be. That even right. comes in with the creative side or things that I would sure. make or or whatever are things I've usually imagined far ahead of time. Um, some of them come to be, some don't. And I realize that not everybody is this way, right? And um, so so I th- I tend to think that way. Yeah, and I would argue how you interpret the text, hermeneutic. My hermeneutic has a lot of imagination built into it. Like, yeah. you know, 
when you read a relatively you know controversial passage that we talked about like first timothy 2 when i read that whole passage i'm imagining a, a, a church service so i'm yeah. seeing like like a bunch of older men arguing and, and trying to come and people trying to get them to come into service and actually agree with each other and i see yeah. these women with these you know this hair you know all done up and and there's a ton of candles and it's lighting on fire and then i'm like imagination you know sparkles all off of their diamonds in their hair i was, and, you I was know. really tracking with you till the the fire and the sparkles well, I, I mean i can imagine that too but i remember once <laughs> preaching well when i preached on it last time i was thinking well Here's a practical reason why we wouldn't want to have jewels in your hair during service. It's just distracting to the eyes because of you're all like, the reflections off the you, candles, guys. And you're thinking of, have you ever preached when some kid had a laser pointer? Yeah, it's the same. Exactly. If you got jewels in your hair, I can't I can't, can't talk see, to you. I can't see. Like, it's just blinding. Eric, you found, you found the key to the text. It's uh, The interpretation is locked in forever. That's yeah. what it is right there. Well, I mean, but I think of those things, you know, even in Paul's very practical things about loving people and don't 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 be a slanderer don't you know use coarse language don't be sexually immoral i don't see those as just like okay here's some behavior lists i'm, I'm thinking of uh, stories where these things play themselves yeah. out and what happens and, in those stories and and that's good because he he wasn't just writing into a void grabbing concepts he didn't just go which six concepts from the old testament should i put in here he was writing to a group of people who were right. doing things and he knew exactly what they were doing, and he probably didn't tell us, or no. his he didn't enumerate in the in the letter right. every detail. Right. And so, but he's addressing stuff as you and I could in our churches, right? right? We could think through things that were like, no, that's happening, and that's not okay. It's we have decided it's not okay because of the witness of Scripture, but we aren't just interpreting scripture we're speaking to people right like there's a lot to it yeah yeah so so i yeah anyway i think i think i've always been an imaginative and an imaginative guy but i i'm learning to use that more in discipleship and teaching than i used to and and you probably see that in that little write-up yeah that was that was me saying, imagine with me what this could have been like to go deeper. Another example of that would have been uh, when I was talking about washing their feet, um, the Jesus washing the disciples' feet. This was a few years ago. I had a similar line of thought, like, what's the servant role today? Because when we do foot washing services, I, I was in a church where one of the sacraments was foot, foot washing. Mm-hmm. And it always felt, it didn't, to me feel that profound mm. that we went up front or it took your shoes off you got your feet washed it didn't i wasn't like floored to me personally maybe right. others were but i wasn't like you would wash my feet mm. I, I wasn't i was just like yeah okay We're so what would foot be, washing service what would be the thing so what you? i what i ended up bringing up in the service was cleaning my toilet hmm and and I brought up the uh, the janitor cart <clears throat> with the gloves and mm-hmm. the spray and mm-hmm. the toilet brush That's a good one. at church, like and just said, "That's when you go. No, no, you really don't need to do that." Like someone comes over to your house and they kind of take a glance around and they're talking to you and they say, "You know, um, hold on just a second. Mm-hmm. And they 
and they reach under your sink and grab all that stuff and get down on their hands and knees with the pumice stone and and start really going clean. to town on that that yeah. toilet. And I remember good, we were we were helping a, a guy move like move into a mobile home that was in really rough shape, um, and we were all doing various jobs, and the toilet was really bad. And my dad came to help, and he he grabbed a pumice stone and he just sat back there for like two hours just chipping away crap um just slow methodical until it glistened right and you you think of a moment like that and you go whoa yeah i mean that struck not just me there are others there that were like wow no i didn't want to do that yeah yeah i didn't want that role i think like if somebody came and cleaned my car yeah. Like, cause it's sort of the traveling thing, okay. but you know, people's cars, you know, I don't know how many times I've gotten in people's cars and they apologize. Oh, sure. I'm sorry for stuff in the seat. Oh, I'm sorry. The car, yeah. I haven't cleaned it in a while. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. That would be a, yeah, there's, uh, and that's the cool thing about imagining is there's something that to you would be extremely servant like, um, yeah. And, and, yeah, it, and it's good sense. to think through. So when Jesus washes the feet, he did the thing that only a servant would do that, that they went, no, you shouldn't, you really shouldn't. Right. And to think through what is that, what would that look like? What would that feel like? Yeah. What would it feel like for Jesus to do that thing? And then what would his words mean in light of that feeling? Yeah. Right. So I think there's that well, I've I, been leaning into that. I, I'm thinking just to go back to your, you know, your church that had foot washing as a uh, sacrament. Yeah. I wonder if it would feel different to you if they made everyone like they put out a manure path and made everyone take off their shoes and then walk through the manure path and then come into church. Yeah. Maybe. Sandals on my change. To maybe. The, the, except even then it was, it would have been all a show. Right. But, all a production. Like I just got my feet dirty previous to this um but it's a sacrament i mean so yeah. it's communion so yeah yeah no i, I get it i'm just saying that there there was i i actually i actually think i'd be more pro the foot washing service in light of it being taught imaginatively sure is sure. that's maybe what i'm saying to yeah. go so now realizing how profound it was what jesus did Let's enact that, yeah. which is, I think, what we do a lot of times before the Lord's Supper, or should, is I think we need to recast the Lord's Supper in a, in so many ways to try to like help bring it home. So it's not just, all right, he died, bread, he bled, wine, let's do this, you know, which nobody says. But but the that but might, uh, that, that might be compelling if you turned it into a rap. <laughs> Did I rap? He, oh, I didn't know. Bled, died, or he, yeah, what'd you say? He he. Bread, died, blood, wine. I don't know how you, it was good. We'll have to go back to the okay. tape there and take a look. Okay. Yeah, you couldn't do a remix, so just cut that out and, and put a beat behind it. Well, can we can we end around? Because there was one more thing I want to talk yeah. to you about in your article. Because the article really talked about, it started with the humility mm-hmm. of Mary and kind of ended with yeah. the humility yes. of Mary and what humbleness meant. Because we were teaching out of the Magnificat. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's an interesting... That you you ended the article with Jesus comes to the humble. I mm-hmm. think was how you said that. Mm-hmm. How you, you kind of wrote that. And mm-hmm. um, can you just say a little bit about your? I mean, I, I think thoughts on the humility of Mary and the humility, what that means. That yeah, I was just reading. Um, so out of that same, so we were teaching on the Magnificat, 
and around Good Friday, Mary's Easter. Song, by the way. Yeah. Yes, Mary's song. Um, so I put together a little book about the Garden of Gethsemane um, in downtown Tucson, and I included another little some thoughts based on the Magnificat because that's what I was teaching through at the time when I was originally writing these things. And that is a, a striking trait of Mary. Um, that is why the, the Catholic Church rightly sees her as the first disciple, uh, is because she receives the Word of God in, in humility. She assumes its truth um, and just is a recipient of grace without question. And I think that's also what we see in the shepherds on that hillside. And and sort of what I was hoping for people to imagine is, I think that that group of fast food workers or Safeway workers um, are, they have an advantage over many of us in that if God, and because I put in the article something about like, these are the people whose faith is simple enough to to receive this. And it sounds a little degrading. I, that's not the wording. It sounds a little negative, but I meant that to jar someone slightly um, because it it's not degrade. It means that they actually might go, I think God just appeared. Um, they wouldn't intellectualize themselves out of it and claim superiority while they did it. Um, they might just give it a shot because why not right mm-hmm. and what do you have to lose and there's a real that there's a real advantage in being there um but you don't have to be physically poor to be humble you can be at a place spiritually where where you go you know what why not like what 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 would it hurt to try believing this <laughs> right and there's a there's a lot of other ways hum- humility can look but it was kind of that receptivity um, that that says, "Well, I, I don't, I don't have it all going on. Yeah. I don't. Maybe, maybe God does." So, I think that's sort of what I was getting at. But as I said, that um, snippets from the middle of a sermon. So there's a the the stuff about Mary and everything is worked out. Yeah. Uh, over that over that entire thought, but uh, but that's. As far as trying, I think I pulled a little bit of that from later in the sermon, if I remember right, because I had to just put a an ending on it. Yeah, uh, for the article. But yeah, that's I guess that's what I mean. Yeah. When I'm talking about the humble, those who no, are that's good. who 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 say, well, I suppose if God said so, okay. If God says go to the Spanish Trail Inn, he's wrapped in a fitted sheet and laying in a bathtub. Let's go check it out. Yeah. So, who's willing to go check it out? I think that I think that's sort of the reminder always of Christmas and in particular Advent season is that we are called yes to celebrate the birth of Jesus and to look forward to his return but there's still that beginnings it's always yeah. we should go check it out we should go check it out yeah. yeah even though we've been checking it out for 30 years we we probably should go mm-hmm. check it out like that that's this invitation to have the freshness of the beginning yeah I think it's a big deal in our spiritual walk with God I agree. Well, Eric, I'm going to have to journey here soon, so I suppose it's time to put down the mic. Put down the mic. So thank you for for following through and actually discussing with me the thing that we told everybody we would discuss. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me that's what we were doing yesterday. You're welcome. So, uh, you know, you can email us at faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com. Thank you, If you didn't know, now you do. 
Yeah, Colleen. It's super, super encouraging. Yeah. Thank so, you for so us. Cool. Yeah, we appreciate that. So yeah, if you uh, if you want to send in, in encouraging notes, um, that's that's great. If you uh, if you work for Jet Puffed Marshmallows and you want to go ahead and take us up on that sponsorship assumption that we made yes. earlier, um, you can um, preferably pay us in cash. Or um, if you if you want to donate marshmallows, we will share them with our community. Yes. So just just a little thrown in there. I know these get get pretty worldwide um, airtime. So just throwing it out there. Jet yep. left. Um, thank you for all you do, and uh, we'll see you next time. Alrighty. You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram. Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.